Hello, everyone. Welcome to Horn of Africa Leftist Podcast. On today's episode, we got a pretty much a continuation of the, you know, latest development in Tigray. Uh, this is a hot topic and this is something that, uh, everyone is focused on. And this is an event. This is a, a crisis or, uh, you know, something that is really requires, uh, continuous engagement and analysis. So with me again is Sebs. Uh, from the last episode, Seb was really a great, uh, person to give out her, uh, analysis commentary. Welcome back, uh, Sebs. Thank you for having me back. Hello. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the biggest uh, development that happened this week, uh, a lot of people were reacting to, is the uh, HOA PALS statement, the uh, report that was pushed out by, uh, in addition to the uh, uh, BAP Black Alliance for Peace. Uh, this is pretty much a working together uh, effort to pretty much give an analysis, a context of what has happened in Tigray the last few year, uh, few months. Uh, and a lot of people uh, are reacting, some positive, some uh, different feedback, some criticism. Overall, it seemed like uh, it has the right, proper reaction from uh, a lot of people. And before we uh, pretty much dive deep and look at the reaction and look at the criticism, uh, and, you know, provide context and, you know, how we should be, uh, answer these criticism or feedback. But before we do that, we uh, definitely have to pretty much uh, talk about the the uh, election in Ethiopia. That's pretty much uh, the focus the last few days. Uh, Sebs, um, how do you feel about the election? Is this something that is important? Is this something that is needed? I just feel it's not that uh, the election happens. And uh, we've seen the previous uh, TPLF regime backed by Washington have 100% election results. And this is, has been used every year to pretty much legit, legitimize their power and also consolidate their uh, their power base. Not actually de- democratic or election. This is more so ceremonial. And this is what Abby is doing. There's nothing different from the TPLF. It's just continuing what they have done in the past. So this election, regardless, uh, the people who are running are mostly center-right and extreme-right, nothing progressive. I think the bigger winner in Addis Ababa with this election is neoliberalism. Despite the aggression by Washington and uh, efforts to intervene in Ethiopia, the bigger winner is neoliberalism. Abby is, you know, looking to neoliberalism. And this is something clear. Uh, Abby mentioned, I mean, uh, Sebs mentioned this last week. And this is something that was clearly stated in the statement. But Sebs, I, I just want to hear your uh, view on the election first before we dive deep into the statement by HOA Pals. How do you feel about the election? Uh, pre- what, yeah. uh, Western Purse coverage? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I kind of feel the same way you do. As far as uh, um, how uh, Im- important it is, considering he's kind of doing the thing that Meles and the TPLF used to do, it's kind of, it's kind of just like for show. Um, right? I think Meles used to get like ninety eight percent or like ninety five percent of the votes somehow. Uh, so it just kind of—I'm not saying he's doing the exact same thing, but it, it's more for show. But it's kind of how elections go everywhere, right? <laughs> It's not yeah. really. It's not really any different um, over there. Although there, there was an interesting uh, debate that was had on French Twenty Four that I watched um, a couple nights ago, and um, I think Johanna kind of um, she had recommended it, and uh, it was it was interesting because they had you know the two extremes. The, the, there was like someone from Crisis Group. There was someone that there was a uh, I think another person who was like pro TPLF. 
And then there was uh, the you know ambassador of Ethiopia to France who was there um, along with I think one other person. And um, it was there was no nuance, there was really no balance. It was either you know we need to intervene. Uh, Ethiopians have never really seen democracy, so they should uh, they they would really wouldn't know um, what it is. So. Uh, maybe that's why, like, it's it's not going to be a fair it's not going to be a fair uh, election because they don't really know what they're voting for. Essentially, somebody actually made that argument, um, or they or it was the other side who's like, uh, "No, Abby is doing great. Like, we're letting people vote here and there, and everything's fine." Um, so it was just interesting. It's kind of been those voices that are uh, speaking on the election. Um, but I, I agree with what you were saying. Is my long winded way winded way of putting that <laughs> yeah i mean that's perfect uh context there i think uh if you're a principal observer of the situation in ethiopia i definitely don't want to get pulled into this uh talking points about giving legitimacy to abby uh internal politics i think the correct position you know that's been consistent uh on this podcast even on different um outlets is the fact that uh you cannot legitimize abby and his uh, role internally, but more so you can have a principal position of opposing uh, Washington intervention, but you, you definitely have to give context of this election. Uh, it is not something that is, uh, what do you call it, and on behalf of the people or the, it is not, will not lead to a pro poor uh, liberation of the, you know, oppressed nationality or, uh, you know, the working class in Ethiopia is just going to continue and once again, the, the, despite the TPLF getting more uh, support from Washington, Abby is still a compliant neoliberal leader. Uh, just because Ethiopia is being aggressively targeted does not mean all of a sudden we're going to pretty much throw out the window that a, uh, his politics is really bad, uh, internally as far as, uh, his views, uh, you know, distribution of wealth, uh, worker owned co-ops or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's just not the best. <laughs> so this election really, it has no significant. I mean, obviously he's going to win. Uh, his, some of the Abyssinian factions and the Amhara regions are going to win. That was kind of predicted. Uh, Somali region. I think out of all the region, I think Somali region is the one that, uh, pretty much benefited from this election. I think, uh, their politics internal development is, is pretty, pretty much different from what's happening in Oromia and Tigray. Their political, uh, development as far as the current ruler, it's somewhat stable. Uh, you have the opposition though, what ON, uh, ON, uh, LF still, you know, having room to function. So it's very, uh, uh there's not that much of analysis on how Somalia region is stable compared to the other region. And there, there's a lot to say about that. It's not to endorse Abby, but it's just the, uh, you know, a view of the Somalia region. So yeah, anything to add on the election? You know, yeah. I think you mentioned the, fr- the French coverage, but anything, you want to add on to how you perceive the election or anything else besides the? I just don't really, I don't really think there's like a, an electoral solution to these things as far as, um, as far as, just because it's just so, it's so captured in so many ways. It's like, um, there's more important things than, than that. And I don't mean to sound harsh, but. <laughs> no, I, I get yeah. it. I think, um, this is not the proper solution. Yeah. The, uh, what Ethiopia needs right now is, uh, you know, a system that pretty much recognizes the historical contradiction in addition to that decolonizes everything that is, uh, you know, causing grievances for the oppressed nationalities. 
that's yeah. one or just step. Just people in general, just like anyone, you know, just anyone who is not benefiting yeah. from the current uh, neoliberal order. So yeah, I mean, the yeah. the current solution, okay. the alternative is not Abby's not the um or the Prosperity Party or TPLF are mm-hmm. not the people that needs to be empowered to pretty much give uh you know form a united uh front line with all the oppressed nationalities reimagine Ethiopia to serve all the nationalities rather than one northern faction whether it's TPLF or the mm-hmm. Amhara region uh yeah. that's what's needed and I don't think these are the political actors to do it uh we need some other actor that is uh you know either well, socialist Sorry to interrupt. I don't even think that it really benefits the people, the everyday people in the in the Mahara region or the Tigray region. I think they have a tough time too, just as far as like um, the the workers and the you know the the peasantry. I guess you would if you want to call it or the farmers. Yeah, I mean that's like the that. that's the problem. The yeah. the politics right now is pretty uh, center right right wing. <laughs> even the diaspora activism, the uh, you know the opposition elements. There's nothing left. There's no pro worker struggle there's no class struggle yeah. everything is through elections democracy yeah you know empty symbolism and conce- conceding to imperialism everything is just not for the people on the ground the royal people the yeah. one who are, there's, who no, are there's no minimum wage like <laughs> even as simple as that you know i mean i know it's hard i'm not and i'm not judging him it's, I, I i understand why but it's just it's not right <laughs> it's not okay yeah, that, I think that's the only, uh, so yeah. this election, regardless, uh, it's just a continuation yeah. of just different client regime, uh, you know, using election to pretty much, uh, legitimize yeah. their power base. Saying this does not mean we agree with, uh, Washington efforts to pretty much, you know, intervene. Like I mentioned, yeah. as I have to keep repeating this, yeah. one can have nuanced position and principal position on Ethiopia without endorsing Abby. Without endorsing the the politics of Abby, but understanding, yeah, hey, there is a lot of baggage with this guy, and we're not aligning with him. We just feel this position is the correct position as all states, all global global South states, uh, to not push or side with the Washington efforts to destabilize the state, no matter the head of state. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, I guess uh, the election results are coming in, but it doesn't really matter. The his allies are going to win, and we'll see how that uh, impacts the Amhara region. And also the Somali region. I think that's the, the biggest, the, the biggest winner out of this besides neoliberalism in Addis Ababa is the Somali region. Mm. I think they're, they enjoyed more stability, more room to build their own, uh, internal agency politically, but that's a different, yeah. uh, issue. But if it's just, yeah. but if it's not benefiting anyone, I mean, if it's only benefiting one person, but like not benefiting, you know, everybody as a whole or thinking holistically, I feel like it's still a failure. Um, but that's just my, that's my view on it. Because it's like you know, it, it's some just because it's good for one side, you know, and and it's good to acknowledge that. But in my opinion, it's like if unless you care about everybody, it's like. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Somali region success uh, is not to just give credit to Abby, but more so Certainly. they're they're. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a reason why we don't really see that much analysis. Why is Somali region stable, and why mm-hmm. is there political? The opposition and the current administration inside Somalia region, they're able to engage, even though they have tension there, mm-hmm. but it's stable, then they're able to have some type of engagement that works for the region. Yeah. I'm not saying everything is like perfect, but uh, it's something different from uh, Oromia. Well, Oromia is under occupation, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously Tigray, Tigray, Tigray as well. Yeah, of course. 
before we move on, I think uh, something that we need to highlight, the reaction or their view, the view coming from the AirChain side, uh, especially the PFJ side, uh, which is very vocal in support of Abby uh, for strategic reason, uh, given the ongoing issue in Tigray. And this makes sense on their side to al- ally themselves with Abby and the Amharo base. Uh, but it's kind of very inconsistent to pretty much uh, <laughs> legitimize his election as though he's not doing the same thing as TPLF. When you pose the TPLF 100% election and then at the same time go around and saying this is a proper election, you're going too far. I think the PFJ position on the election is kind of uh, hypocritical and consistent is not needed. You could have just uh, not even comment on it. This is something that this is this is internal politics with for Abby and his prosperity party. Mm-hmm. The defense of the state of Eritrea and the opposition to TPLF does not mean you give free hand to uh, Abby and the uh, prosperity party. So uh, I've seen a lot of people pretty much try to be pro-Abby in this regard. But it's, it's a wrong mistake to do from the Eritrean side. I don't think PFJ is making a mistake in overly centering Abby. But Sebs, how do you feel uh, the Eritrean view on the election? Uh, I want to hear your analysis. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that <laughs> the, the Eritrean... Uh I don't think that they really should have a view on this, um, to be frank. I think they should just kind of um, refrain from commenting. I think that would be the right thing to do. That would be uh, especially considering um, where they're at. But, yeah, I just to me, it's like I, there's no there's really no electoral like solution to um, these types of things because it's so much deeper than that. Um, and I feel like it's kind of I mean, just like it is here with the elections. It's really no different as far as. No, the, the Democrats or the Republicans. It's like which flavor of oppression are you craving? Um, so that's that's a good point. I think that's the biggest issue with PFJ is overly uh, the, the dependency on Abby and Amaru uh, uh, allies. Um, I think uh, the important thing for the Airtrain Defense Forces and the Airtrain State is to only focus on neutralizing the t- threat from the Airtrain side on the border and the Airtrain. Beyond that, uh, we're not we're not. The Eritrean state position in regards to what's happening in Ethiopia should not go beyond that. I don't think it's a good idea to uh, overly, you know, center Abby. In addition to that, I don't think it's a good idea to have comment on whether the oppressed national- nationality should have uh, multinational federalism. I think this is the mistake of PFJ from the beginning, mistake of a size of Forky. It was the wrong tactic. I, the, I mean, the, you don't but, have elections there. So it's like, how do you, sorry, I don't mean to um, cut you off it's just you don't have elections <laughs> there you've been the president since what 93 91 technically but 93 i don't really know how you can comment on uh other people's elections and i'm not even saying it's it's like okay even if at least if you had a party that was able to like change the policies according to maybe how um how how people like uh, that would benefit the people or you know got if, if, if the party was actually capable of like changing policies and stuff that would benefit more people, um, then fine. Sure. You can rule for however long. And if you had like strict principles or, you know, ethics and, um, you genuinely cared about human beings and you were ruling for 30 years, sure. But let's look, let's, if you're realistically looking at how, what the situation is and how it's been going and there's <laughs> never been, you, You've never even tried an alternative way as as far as um, um, your your power. Then I don't really think that you should comment on that. 
because there's just so many, there's too many holes. You're opening yourself up to get attacked. Just doesn't really, um, yeah. I think it would just be uh, smart to just not talk, say anything on that matter from from them. I guess from a strategic sense, but either way, it's like. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh, the bigger issue is um, walking the fine line of hey, uh, the strategy is the the base that is anti TPLF inside Ethiopia um, is mostly the you know the Amharu faction, and there's other oppressed nationalities who have sentiments against uh, TPLF, mm-hmm. but. The bigger, the bigger, but not the Tigray is, people. Obviously, it's like the t- the elite of the TPLF. Just to, to, I guess, to make that clear, that I know that sometimes the Tigray people get sensitive about when you say TPLF. It doesn't mean Tigray people. Just to yeah. So it's just to repeat again. I think the bigger issue, like I mentioned, is um, how PFJ frame its politics in regards to Ethiopia. Uh, from the beginning, the mistake of Isaias of Orki is not pretty much um, to center the Eritrean state. And its uh, interests inside Ethiopia overly through the lenses of the Abyssinian faction, the Amaharu faction, and the Abbey base. That's a mistake. We shouldn't have done that. Done that. The peace deal makes sense. Uh, it has to be signed. At the same time, we recognize that there's a bigger threat of the TPLF against the Eritrean state. But how do you actually navigate Ethiopian politics? And it was a huge mistake to overly, uh, you know, be warm to the idea of the one Abyssinian faction, the Abbey and the Amaharu. And pretty much disregard, disparage the oppressed nationalities' views in historical context. And you know, Eritrean, the Eritrean uh, state media interview with Isaias Fork in regards to how you view multinational federalism—that was a huge mistake. You pretty much have hurt the oppressed national oppressed nationalities. Uh, you know, they feel like they were a sense of closeness with Eritrea, and then after that, it, it gave more ammo to the pro TPLF elements inside the oppressed nationality. Uh, that the Eritrean state is therefore aligning itself with the Abyssinians. Um, that's a problem. And, and how will the PFJ and the Eritrean side view this election is very inconsistent. Um, you know, how can you oppose the TPLF having 100% election and at the same time try to give legitimacy to Abby? And that was a problem. I think the beginning, uh, uh, approach, uh, from 2018 to now has been a problem, but uh, the tactics and strategy and the politics. Um, was not very smart and there's a lot of, uh, mistakes being committed, uh, politically, propaganda wise by PFJ and SIS in regards to Ethiopia. But yeah, I think, uh, that's the reaction, uh, from the Eritrean side. Seb, did you want to add, um, your take on, a final take on, um, your view on the TPLF and the ele- election and how PFJ views it from the Eritrean side? Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you in the sense that the, him just kind of saying, oh, yeah, these are legitimate or kind of siding with that faction, even though, um, you know, prior to that, they had um, said otherwise or acknowledged otherwise with the TPLF, um, when in fact, it is very similar, um, if not the same. Um, but I don't know, it's just, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and it's also, it just kind of seems for him to comment on anyone's um, elections is kind of hypocritical. Um just for the very fact that there really aren't elections in Eritrea at all. Um, so those are solid points. Um, I think the, the bigger issue is with the PFJ failure internally, uh, to continue the success of the EPLF, the success of what the EPLF and the revolutionaries have built, the foundation, uh, their inability to create some type of system. Is there a Cuban model? Is there a Chinese model? Whatever. There's nothing that we can speak of under a size of working. That's a problem. So saying this, this is not to green light 
uh, demonization of the Asian state, demonization of the Asian defense forces. This is more of a critical take from the left. We're not echoing efforts to call for, uh, you know, intervention in Eritrea by giving a critical take on the PFJ and their failures. So, and their hypocritical stance on the election uh, when you don't have a Congress. There's no Congress since 1994. We're not asking for some uh, fake elections. We're asking for some type of system that is very much uh, responsive to the Eritrean people. And under PFJ, that is not possible. The, they're not being responsive to the Eritrean people. So saying that, again, I'm not. we're not in a position of agreeing with imperialism targeting the Eritrean state, regardless of the failure of the PFJ. But yeah, um, I think moving forward, uh, I guess we can talk about the uh, HOA PALS. Uh, in the Black Alliance piece, uh, press statement or the report, uh, there's a lot of, there has been a lot of uh, backlash, violent commentary, but at the same time, there has been great feedback and a lot of people are learning and it gives, gives a principal context from the left. And uh, I appreciate the Black Alliance for Peace and their commitment and their, uh, principal stance because a lot of people can, a lot of people can look back into Libya, Iraq, Syria and say, this is the principal position now, but if you're in the midst of it, uh, like B, uh, Bab is doing, they're making a principal position in the moment, which is it can be unpopular if you're in the moment where imperialism is trying to target a, uh, a state for various reasons. So, you know, appreciate to the Bab, uh, appreciate to the Horn of Africa, uh, you know, PAL's uh, team for pretty much editing. And, you know, yeah, I think uh, overall the, the statement and report has hit. Uh, it's a hit pretty much uh, because the right people are angry and the um, the people that want to learn are learning. So Sebs, I, I think you're pretty much familiar with how people were reacting on Twitter when the statement was released. I just want to, uh, you know, from the beginning to like, you, uh, you know, you help contribute to the statement as well. Um, how do you feel the reaction? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, like you said, it's been mostly positive. Um, there's also been very, there's been constructive criticism as far as like, um, negative goes as well. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who said that he, he thought that it was a little bit biased as far as, um, we're not biased, but he thought it was too, um, uh, it was concentrating too much on oppressed nationalities or multi, you know, multi-ethnic, uh, federalism. Um, but I, thought that it came off more it was coming more from the people that are being um oppressed or people that are being kind of um left behind or um pretty much being uh, exploited from every faction you know whether it be from Tigray or Amharo Amharos or um Oromo or anywhere um so I just so I I, I guess I understood where he was coming from but um it was an it was an interesting it was one of the more interesting um like good faith um, criticisms and interactions I had um, as far as that goes. Um, but then there were also other, <laughs> other criticisms who um, were not so good faith and uh, probably didn't really read the whole thing because they kept saying that it was a, an embrace of uh, ISAS and ISAS, uh, the party, the PFDJ. And which it wasn't at all. <laughs> there was, I think, one part that was saying there is no AFRICOM in Eritrea because there isn't. And, um, I think a couple of people were, uh, re- referencing articles that were talking about, uh, from 2002 that were saying how ISAS was, uh, trying to get an, a U.S. base in Eritrea, um, which is, that's not a secret. Um, it's that, that did happen uh, during the Bush years. And I think we even mentioned it last time, but 
Um, cause Philmon, you made a good point where it's, it's not that ECS is anti-imperialist and no one claimed he was. It's that he wanted the, the U.S. to build the base there, but on his terms. And he wanted to do it his own way. And they weren't giving him enough agency to do that, which is why, um, he kind he opposed it afterwards. So it wasn't from a principled stance of, um, kind of, uh, fighting against oligarchs or whatever, uh, or fighting against any kind of sort of corruption. Uh, it was more for his <laughs> personal, I guess, um, narcissistic reasons. But yeah, I just wanted to, to clarify that. But do you have a, do you have a response to that? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, the, there were different wings. I mean, we're going to examine each, the scholar, or academic, the pro state department or empire scholar or academic wing, the, the Andum individual on Twitter, uh, the Horn of Af- um, Horn of Africa anarchist account. Um, these are different factions that were reacting, um, uh, in bad faith. But mm-hmm. I think to answer your question, I mean, I mean, not question, but, uh, your point. Yeah, I think the bigger um, criticism is I, I don't know why, but the the statement itself was giving analysis to uh, Ethiopia in the context of Tigray region and all the actors that are involved. Uh, this is pretty much if we had to do a different report, we can give analysis of Eritrea and the politics of PFPJ thoroughly. The critical, um, you know, pretty much give analysis of what is this weakness, uh, its policy, its foreign policies in the past, its mistakes. All of that, but that wasn't the case. But they were trying to discredit this statement by saying, oh, you guys mentioned Eritrea doesn't have an AFRICOM. What about this uh, press release from 2002? Yeah, let's give a context of that. I think 2002, uh, you got to give a whole context of what just happened. 2002, uh, Eritrea is recovering from uh, invasion by the TPLF, the Washington-supported invasion from 1998 to 2000. Uh, the country was dis- pretty much in... Uh, destruction, chaos, uh, half of the country or 25% of the country was uh, pretty much under military occupation. It was still recovering from the discretion, discretion, uh, discretion of um, the state itself. Uh, so at that time, the efforts by the Eritrean leadership uh, under Issa Forky and the PFJ was to pivot once again to Washington uh, in order to counter the TPLF. Uh, during the 90s, uh, the position of the Eritrean state and, uh, the, um, under Issa Forky, uh, there was engagement with Washington as true. This is for the record. Uh, but the relationship and how it operated, there was a lot of, uh, how do I say it? Uh, tension, uh, with the Clinton administration and how the role of Eritrea should be. Uh, especially let's just rewind back to Eritrea and Sudan during the 96, 97 era when Osama bin Laden was in Sudan. Eritrea was pretty much the main uh, partner against the uh, Osama bin Laden supported jihadists on the Sudan side. So Eritrea was taking a stand against terrorism early on. And obviously there were some contacts with Washington, um, but uh, it wasn't a fully compliant uh, client state. I think that was efforts to make it into a client state of Washington, uh, but it wasn't fully there i think there was a lot of hesitation there's a lot of uh resistance uh especially in regards to aid uh, dependency how the certain programs are supposed to be pushed out uh, in addition to that the troops that were sent, be supposed to be sent out by air chair were not stationed to the request of washington uh and different intelligence uh air chain's troops were in south sudan that's true but other other times it wasn't fully focused on the needs of washington and uh, i think 
the way the Air Trinity leadership was looking at this was to um, move on their own accord rather than, uh, uh, you know, the dictator of Washington. I'm not trying to present Isaiah Saforki as some revolutionary. He's not. He's not Thomas Sankara. Uh, you know, there's a lot of critical views that needs to be heard about how uh, after he took over EPLF uh, as, you know, secretary, uh, uh, 1987 Congress, the anti-imperialism views were cleaned out. And this is the birth of PFJ 94. So this is something that's, uh, must be understood. So in the statement itself, you know, we were critical of Abby. We give a critical view that he, you know, he continues the marginalization of Oromia, uh, which the TPLF has done. We gave a critical view that this guy is neoliberal and all the things that he's done, all these political baggage, we made it clear. This is totally the opposite of what the PFJ elements are doing. They're trying to paint Abby as some progressive anti-imperialist when he's not. But yeah, uh, Seb, you want to continue on that? Yeah. I- completely agree with what you said um just as far as um that they're the way that they're trying to paint him is um it's like as some sort of uh <laughs> i don't know it's like some like he's a neoliberal like he is like through and through he's spoken about very you know uh, empowering the private sector getting uh foreign investment making it easier for foreign investment he has completely just opened it up whether it be to the AIDS um, organizations, the NGOs, um, which the TPLF had always sent as well, but it's just the continuation of that. You know, it, even the the tech industry, as far as like Silicon Valley, which is completely um, <laughs> all over Ethiopia. Um, so it's it, it's just uh, it's interesting because he keeps getting painted as some sort of like progressive uh, unifier uh, when that's really not what he's been. Um, so yeah, I agree with you there for sure. Solid point. Um, I think in addition to that, this is a growing conversation about Eritrea and, you know, how it, it interacted and yes. engaged as a state. I think the, the one thing that we must clear that, uh, for example, Assad, under Assad before 2011, the whole Arab Spring and the attack mm-hmm. by different elements, he was compliant to Langley and the whole, uh, you know, the war on terrorism, uh, very compliant to neoliberalism. Uh, so does that mean afterwards that therefore, because of his compliancy in meeting up with, uh, uh, Kerry and different elements of the Washington, uh, personalities, does that mean we must green light the intervention, the destabilization of Syria? No. That is, that's the same thing with Eritrea. Uh, under Isaiah Saforki, yes, he did, uh, lobby for, uh, a base. Yes, he pushed Eritrea to be the willing, uh, you know, coalition, uh, partner inside Iraq. And this is a mistake, and we must pretty much uh, not give this idea. We're trying to whitewash Isaiah Saforki. We're going to present the critical issues that he has done for the Eritrean state while highlighting, hey, this, this state itself is being targeted by Washington for the other position as far as its position on aid dependency, IMF, World Bank, AFRICOM. Uh, despite the history and the contact by Isaiah Saforki with the Washington personality and the military base, the argument is, hey, there was this 2002 Washington part, uh, Post article on Eritrea lobbying for base. Yeah, I think third world states uh, are put in a position where they have to pretty much, uh, you know, use one power against the other. Does that mean they're conceding to imperialism, just survival? It's not to excuse this idea that Eritrea having a base of uh, Washington, therefore, uh, you know, welcome it. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. But uh, just give context to Syria. Again, Assad was com- very, very compliant before 2011. Uh, Iran, like uh, Iran uh, in the 1980s, it was very compliant with IMF. There was a lot of neoliberal elements was inside Iran. So does that mean we're going to pretty much disregard the fact that it's being targeted? Uh, you know, there's a lot of mistakes and miscalculation on the Eritrean side, and it must be clear. 
But this excuse by the most violent reactionary elements who are pretty much aligned with Amnesty International, State Department, Human Rights Watch are using this left angle of, hey, look, this Eritrean state complied with or try to lobby the Washington to have a base without giving historical context of what just happened the last four years before that. But yeah, there's just the violence of the uh, the people on Twitter. And, you know, one of the reactions was to use this article to discredit Eritrea being mentioned in the statement. But yeah. What, yeah. What was your reaction? <laughs> just I to think respond you had to a- that. Yeah. Just, I know I responded to it on the Ethiopia side, but just to respond to what you were saying um, yeah. just now. Um, absolutely. It's, it's really fun. It's like there, it's kind of being used as some sort of gotcha, uh, where it's like, Oh, look, look at this, you know, 2002. Look what he did. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I denounce that too. You know, it's also, uh, in addition to that, um, allowing the UAE to use the base in Asab, um, when we knew what they were, you know, involved in. Like that wasn't cool either. Um, it's, it's taking a stance on, um, anti-intervention from these nefarious forces who do have um, their own special interests and agendas in mind and are not doing it on behalf of the people in Eritrea or Ethiopia. Um, let's, you know, let's just be honest. It's it, it, taking a position against that is not an endorsement. Like, let me just repeat, not an endorsement of either regime. Um, I just feel like that needs to, for some reason, I, you have to keep saying that. <laughs> Yeah, HOA Pals is not pro PFJ or yeah. Abby, that's for sure. Uh, we have members who have different views about the situation, but the for overall sure. stance is, uh, no matter the head of state or party, we pretty much oppose intervention in African state. I think that's a principle position that's consistent. Uh, and that's what makes, uh, HOA Pals very different. Uh, when you have, uh, the diaspora activism pretty much, uh, just, uh, being led by empty, you know, pursuits that really doesn't help to liberate the Horn of Africa from imperialism, but also just in, in label it. But, uh, Sebs, to continue on, I think the, one of the reaction that we got is from the, uh, very, uh, violent and very problematic, uh, account, the Horn anarchist, uh, account that is really, really violent. And for those who are not aware of this account, uh, you know, I don't think it's real anarchist. This thing is just using the cover anarchism. To pretty much, uh, you know, uh, cover for the TPLF, uh, elements. Uh, they're pretty much busy on different accounts. And this is one of them that just was came out of nowhere the last uh, few months. And it's using RTP for Tigray, uh, having sanctions on Eritrea, sanctions on Ethiopia. And it's calling for the State Department officials to intervene. What does this have to do with anarchism? I don't understand why are you aligning yourself with Again, this is not to criticize or belittle anarchists because there are some principal anarchists in the third world who don't hold these views of asking for imperialism, begging for imperialism, like what we have seen in Syria or different areas in the region. But Sebs, you had a quite an interaction with this account. How do you feel and how do you, yeah. what's your view on anarchists and their um, reaction? Well, yeah, just their reaction. I won't even um, associate them with. <laughs> even the concept of anarchy or um, people who identify as anarchists or who um, who uh, are partial to, you know, anarchism or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't really know much about it as a, uh, an ideology, but it, it is interesting and I have no issue with it. Um, it just depends on what they actually mean by it. Right. Um, Cause definitions change <laughs> uh, depending on who you're talking to sometimes. Um, but yeah, the, this, it was an interesting interaction. I, um, I was coming at it from, from good faith, but essentially the idea was that, um, 
it, if you are not denouncing what's happening in Tigray, then um, then you are uh, complicit in, I guess, what's happening essentially. Um, and like, and I and I understand like the the emotional aspect of it, and I'm not one to dismiss people's emotions um, or how you know how they feel, and um, it's you know it's that. I am very empathetic to that. I get it. But at the same time, I guess I was trying to uh, ask them questions about, well, like, you know, what is it that you want then? Like, what is the alternative? Do you want the very same um, just uh, NGOs and forces that have caused a lot of problems, um, in whether it be in that area or different parts of the world, um, who do have special interests, who don't actually care about the people on the ground, whether it be in Tigray or um, anywhere else, and are in it for big business interests. Like that's that's kind of that that is what they protect. Um, so uh, I, I I asked them like what would be the alternative, and then you know the reaction to that was well you know so you want to just let these people you know continue to suffer. It's like well let's also look at why is it that it's now being put forward and forefront and everywhere that this is happening, you know, like there's been, there's been, there's been famine before and I'm not even belittling what's happening or the atrocities taking place um, or that they might have gotten a lot worse. It's just, why is it that like all of a sudden all of these papers are coordinating to um, send out these specific headlines and painting things in this specific way over here when there's also a lot of things going on. In a lot of different places, um, where maybe that that country is more compliant with uh, with with certain um, forces, so they don't really get targeted as much. It's just I was trying to put it into that perspective, and um, yeah, it, it didn't really <laughs> uh, it didn't really go. It didn't really. I tried, but it didn't really go well. Um, it was just very reactionary and um, kind of gaslighting because uh, I would say something, and it's like, oh well, so you mean this, and then. Just, it's that it wasn't in good faith, unfortunately. But I did try um, because I do I do understand that it is a very emotional topic for some people, especially if they are from Tigray and you know and they're hearing things either whether it be from their family or whatever. And so I would never I just I would never want them to think that I wasn't sensitive to that. It's it's more just I wish that we could all kind of soberly look at the entire situation, um, not blame the people of Tigray or, or the Amharo people or the Oromo people or anybody. Just let's look at who's actually um, responsible for a lot of this tragedy, uh, uh, all, a lot of this, these atrocities. Um, yeah. So. Uh, solid points. Um, I think the, besides the horn of uh, Africa anarchist, which is really problematic and violent <laughs> in their argument, um, I recommend people to just look at how they're just pushing intervention and using the cover of anarchism for their uh, TPLF, pro-TPLF views. But moving forward, I think the other reaction is um, there were some uh, several, I'd say like four or five academics who uh, pretty much felt, I don't know why, I guess they didn't really read the whole full statement. Uh, pretty much is saying, you know, the sources were not academic or scholars. All the sources are provided. They're mainstream sources, uh, you know, providing the validating the points that were raised in the report. Um, so I, I, it was a weird request to pretty much, I, I don't know, I don't understand where that comes coming from. In addition to that, there are like uh, a section of the, uh, I would call the, uh, as usual, the pro State Department scholars or academics who use the cover of, hey, uh, there's you know, this issue of um, bad African governments, therefore, you're not talking about them. 
uh, if you have this position and you use this talking point to pretty much discredit the whole reason why we're having this position, the the report and the statement itself is not endorsing it, Abby. We nobody's endorsing Abby at all. We made it clear in the statement, but this, these two people and scholars are making it seem like we're endorsing the uh, the Ethiopian government or anything like that. We're just giving context to what just happened here to Lagos Development Insight Tigray, Tigray. And yeah, how do you feel about these academics, uh, scholars? You know, I, I don't think it's like a legitimate, a good faith uh, criticism. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's... I, I mean, I would love to... I don't have a problem talking to anybody. Um, and I wish that they would even contact people that are in the organization because I don't... Like, I don't think anybody's hiding from any kind of conversations. Um, like, there's no problem. There's nothing... If you're if you're acting in good faith and you're and you're being honest and you really do want to come up with sol- solutions to things, I don't see what's wrong with working with anybody or talking to anyone, you know. So, um, but yeah, just kind of them taking that position, it, it kind of tells you that they probably didn't read everything, or uh, maybe they had a certain um, idea of what it's going to be before even uh, reading it. So maybe everything sounded, um, I don't know, uh, you know, when you're like super um, against something or you're like vehemently against it and then you uh, see anything that is associated with it or, or reminds you of it and then it just it colors the whole thing so maybe it was the space the mental space um, that they were coming from yeah I think there are a lot of people pull the trigger and reacting to the first tweet by uh, Black Alliance for Peace uh, without getting the full statement and a lot of people were making serious charges without actually getting a full context in um, they pull back and revise their statement, not understanding the full statement itself. Uh, but yeah, there was an accusation. This pretty much, this is not recognizing the African government are evil, um, or anything to that extent, or we're endorsing, uh, state sanction, uh, oppression of Africans. No, we're not. I think this position itself, we made it clear that Abby is still continuing the marginalization of the Oromia people and the person nationalities in different ways. Um, so we also made it clear this guy is a compliant leader, but not compliant enough as far as engaging Eritrea and Somalia. But beyond that, we have not made any uh, endorsement of the PFJ side or the Abbey. That's made it clear. HOA Pals is not pro uh, PFJ or pro Abbey. Uh, that's for sure. In addition to that, there's been claims that, uh, you know, we, our politics are clear in regards to Ethiopia, how is this form? We are pushed out the, you know, the book and reading about the invention of Ethiopia, which is a clear, require reading to understand how Ethiopia was formed and what is the ruling class basis of it? Uh, what is the ideology behind it? What, what, why was it created? So we're not in the position to push out this narrative that, uh, despite the opposition to intervention, we're not going to just green light the violent narrative that has been built by the Abyssinians. No, I think the, you have to be pretty much um, in, in, in alliance, not alliance, but directly support their press nationalities, uh, direct uh, support their right to have autonomy, their right to have their historical grievances and these contradictions are addressed. I think that's the correct position. But beyond that, uh, we're not endorsing Abby directly. We're just against uh, Western intervention. Yeah, I think one of the one of the people reacting was saying um, that if ha- had this been like South Africa uh, apartheid, then uh, like the the, the the paper would have pretty much said no the u.s shouldn't intervene in that which is kind of funny because it's like their entire the, their apartheid government was funded by like british and dutch and german and, you know u.s and it's just um <laughs> it's just it's kind of it's it, it's a uh, shows like lack of uh 
maybe, and, and it's not their fault, maybe, but uh, just like sometimes lack of just um, historical knowledge, which is fine. I'm not even, I'm not here to shame anyone. I don't know everything. I, and I, I like to learn. So it's, I think if you approach it from a standpoint of like, um, from a more clear headed, more, um, you don't already have your mind made up, then it's not really that problematic. But I do know that other people who have legitimate criticisms, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss everybody. Um, yeah, I think there so. is, um, uh, I think criticism is welcome of the HOH statement itself. Of course. Uh, we're not saying this is very conclusive, but there's just a lot of bad faith, uh, pushback yeah. by problematic elements. And the biggest one are people who are in line, an alliance or a circle of friends that are pretty much pro amnesty, pro human rights watch, uh, pro state department, all activities, uh, in line with NED funded organization. So these are the elements that are making the most noise because it, it hit a nerve. We're not in a position to support the empire management of the Horn of Africa. No other organization has this position from the Horn uh, that is opposing imperialism while pretty much providing a critical take on the current leadership, Ethiopia, even Eritrea. So that is with the position of the HOA pals in the fact that we had to push out legitimate principle analysis of the region while not endorsing the problematic views of PFJ and Abby. I think that's, that's clear, but the bigger issue that we see is from this individual, Andum, um, who Nefta Freeman from, uh, Black Alliance for Peace, um, tweeted out, you know, this person joined, uh, Black, uh, Black Alliance for Peace. And this is his tweet. And he said in, re- in regards to Andum attacking HOA pals, uh, in a very uh, bad fate, f- bad fate way. And Nefta responded, this person joined Black Beast uh, for Alliance. Uh, I mean, uh, BAP basically, uh, and he's, he pretty much tweeted out an avid anti-imperialist organization. Yet instead of any statement or standard, uh, warning of US, EU, NATO interventionist angling in the Horn of Africa, he gives it cover by criticizing a fellow BAP member organization statement. What to make of this? And I'm glad Nefta and the BAP organization and every uh, leftist <laughs> personality from the, the black left has recognized this uh, Andum and its cover. Uh, Andum is an individual that is pretty much uh, affiliated with the Amnesty International person, Vanessa, uh, the Molly Crab, Crab Apple, uh, he's affiliated with her, friends, uh, whatever. So I'm glad people are seeing this uh, thing that's happening with Andum because he uses the cover of leftist rhetoric. He exploit the, uh, uh, you know, uh, advocacy for Palestine, which is another issue is like anybody can say free Palestine and have this, uh, magic appearance of projection of your some type of radical. You really don't have to do anything. You can just say free Palestine automatically. You're some type of radical. When what is your position on Syria? Syria sanctions. What is your position on, uh, you know, Lebanon? The resistance access, uh, access who are actually doing the fight to free. Palestine. Nobody gives a fuck about these liberals in the first world who use and cape around the Palestinian flag and then use it to pretty much push different policies of intervention in a different world. So again, Andum and these individuals are pretty much fearing an alternative organization, an alternative leftist organization that provide context to the hands of imperialism. They fear that. They fear that because they're, we're going to pretty much see and expose how they're connected to it. All these elements, Andum, it's connected to all these people, Amnesty International, NED funded organization, T- the TPLF and the TPLF individuals who are connected to Samantha Powers. All these things are factual. Everything is evident. This is not something that you can just make up. It's everything that's out there in public. So 
Andum was one of them. That he tried to discredit our organization uh, by saying that we came too late, 233 days, which is bad fate. Uh, we were pretty much analyzing the situation without giving, uh, jumping into the situation without studying it, observing it. It doesn't make sense to just make a statement without fully studying it, observing it, and making sure that you do your proper research analysis before uh, giving your context and statement. How do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I, I, I would echo that same sentiment. Uh, that same sentiment because um, it's and it's also like you said, there, there's, there's receipts, there's paper trails that associate you with these elements of um, the State Department or NED, or, uh, what have you. So it's kind of, um, which is probably why um, it's it, he goes even harder on, on these types of critiques because if you're coming from an honest place and if you're coming from a place where you're truly trying to understand and you're not really, uh, you're not endorsing anybody or um, you're not, um, like there's really, there's really nothing you can say because he can't pin, oh, well, you're pro PFDJ because you you already said that. Oh, you're pro Abby. Well, no, it already said that. So it's just like, there's really not much, uh, there's no argument that you can, that you can throw at this types of this type of criticism. So the the best thing you could do is like ad hominem or kind of like you know um, just uh, side like sideline comments like that where it's like oh well you're two hundred and such and such days late. It's like okay well it was this is like a compilation compilation of what has happened um, since those since November fourth till now. So I don't ha- like how can you be two hundred and forty four days late if you're doing a statement based on what happened in those two hundred and forty four days. Yeah, you that's do it for the sure. first day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think uh uh you know again once again the Black Alliance for Peace took a really principled position. I appreciate the all the organizers behind it uh because it takes a lot of courage to do this. Uh it, you know, to take a uh, a position like this we'll we'll see in history. Uh history will re- redeem uh Black Alliance for Peace for having a position uh, you know, in the midst of it. And this is really tr- remarkable. But yeah, I mean, before we move, uh, I guess close it out. I think, um, they use the same excuse for anybody that, uh, for example, China, uh, you cannot be, they try to frame you as pro CCP for saying, Hey, I think the aggression by Washington against Beijing is wrong. Oh my God. You're pro CCP. You're, uh, uh, um, a communist supporter. That's first. Second is, uh, hey, I don't think it's, it's right for Syria to be bombed. Oh my God, you are an Assad supporter. You are a baby killer. Like what? That's just the argument they use. Uh, I, I don't think Libya should be bombed. You're a Qaddafi supporter. You you support the raping of a uh, woman in Libya. Like what? I just said leave Libya alone. This is constant uh, constant situation with uh, uh, Abby. I, we're pretty much in a position to say intervention is not necessary in Ethiopia. Does not mean we're green light Abby to use. Uh, you know, state sanction for, you know, violence against different elements. Uh, you know, we're not going to be dishonest about his baggage. We're not. He's doing harm. I think what he's done in Oromia is wrong. I don't think it's right for him to jail the Oromo politicians. This is very stupid. A very strategic mistake there. It does not make sense for you to jail the largest uh, nationalities and their uh, political leaders. You should have engaged with them, negotiated with them. This pretty much disarm them and then give them the autonomy region, political autonomy. Uh, that's it. Beyond that, you could handle TPLF without uh, oppressing or jailing Oromia. But yeah, um, anything you, you want to add, Sebs? Yeah, I mean, just putting people in jail, just in general, just like it's. Uh, I mean, I for me, I like I'm for the abolition of all prisons as, as far as the way that they are. Uh, <laughs> they are they are operated um, in the 
in the present um, everywhere. So for for me, it's like to just to jail someone who is you know may not like what you uh, what what you're saying or uh, your positions. It's uh, I mean it's cowardly. Like that means that your position is not because if you can't if if you can't um, out argue them or you know have a better position where they can't argue with you and you just kind of kind of throw them to the side. Um, that's wrong. Yeah. It's just, it's yep. pretty, yeah, it's weak to be frank. Um, it, it is. I think yeah. most of the pushback, I guess, against you and all the members uh, of the organization is pretty much to use these individual attack rather than focus on the context of the report itself. It's bad faith and it shows the fear of the alternative. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of nerves being hit right now. And, you know, I think we did a good job. Uh, the statement it was hit itself. Uh, the right people are uh, angry. The the ones that are angry are close with the empire. Uh, we're not. So let's move forward. Um, I think uh, before we move on, we definitely, I just want to highlight that there were some anti-black uh, response against, um, you know, NEFTA by elements of the, you know, these elements who try to discredit, you know, you're not Eritrean, you should really say anything. Pretty much an angle of trying to discredit somebody African or that African Americans or Black America has no right to say and have any position in, inside African issues. This is racist, this is anti-Black, uh, and this goes a long tradition of elements who are very problematic reactionary forces who try to say and police African American from saying anything in regards to the Horn of Africa. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, that, that I mean, it's a completely ridiculous thing to say. Uh, it's like an appeal to authority or whatever. It's like, oh well, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not. Uh, uh, if, if you're not black, then you can't talk about black issues. Or if you're not this, it's like, first of all, anyone can talk about whatever issues they want, whenever they want. Um, you cannot police people's speech in that way. Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, and secondly, it's like, if he, if he has studied the history or, um, understands what's going on there, the geopolitics, um, or the, uh, the, the internal politics, and he has an opinion on it, what's wrong with that? It doesn't matter. Like, he has a better opinion than half of the, <laughs> The people that claim to represent the people who live, you know, in Sweden and um, Norway and, you know, over here who work with NED. So, like, give me a break as, as far as that goes. Like, just give me a break, please. <laughs> Solid points as yeah. always. Because so uh, like, I'm not Syrian, I can't have an opinion on Syria, right? Or if I'm not Libyan, I can't have an opinion on Libya. It's the same thing. Uh, before we wrap up, I think um, we pretty much, you know, have to highlight that the the uh, operation or the war in Tigray, I think, is not going to be over anytime soon. There is a lot of development that's happening uh, with the Ethiopian Defense Forces and the TPLF. Uh, the TPLF uh, have gained some type of uh, advantage, uh, temporary advantage, and it comes with the situation of the U.S. aid operation and maybe in Tigray. That's a possibility. There's various, various, uh, various factors of maybe there's some intels being coordinated with Washington. I mean, Djibouti's right there. There's so many ways where TPLF can get support, intel support. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, uh, it looks like the developments with TPLF and Tigray, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long war. I don't think it's over anytime soon. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. The PFJ cadre is celebrating on day one of, uh, the TPLF, uh, being, you know, targeted, uh, on November 4th, celebrating this is the end of TPLF is not, there's going to be a long war. Uh, the Asian people have to understand the TPLF have a lot of backing from Washington and intelligence, uh, backing everything. So this is going to be a long war. Uh, you know, it's really tragic, but, uh, the people have to understand the TPLF, uh, has a powerful backing. Um, just make that clear. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um, yeah, no, uh, just as far as, 
like, yeah, like you were saying, I think it was that interesting, that article, I, I think I saw you posted on, on Twitter was about how USAID was uh, po- possibly was going to have um, ops, like special ops within USAID. And that article was from 2019, I believe. Is that kind of what you were referring to as far as? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, aside from the bigger picture of like, of course, like all these places, they have a lot. The the war machine has um, has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this is just this is for the records how USAID operates. Uh, what you know, who is supporting uh, TPLF? How is it uh, being supported? Uh, it's very, obviously, it's going to be covertly. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, maybe the Afar region, maybe the Sudanese region, uh, the, the borders. There's different ways to get uh, intel support for the elements inside uh, TP, uh, Tigray. And, and USAID um, is heavily um, in Tigray, correct? Yes. I think that's a lot of people. The the politics of USAID inside Tigray literally next to Eritrea. And then there's no USAID in Eritrea. And um, there's a lot of issue that people need to understand. Why is that? And why is there a full... Uh, you know, presence of USAID compared to the other region inside Ethiopia. Why do the TPLF let in the USAID while they were in power? Something's up with that. Uh, I think, I think the relationship needs to be examined there. Um, yeah. So I, I you know, tragically, the war is still going to go on. Um, I don't know where we're going to go, but apparently things are to the point where TPLF has, uh, gained a bit of a support. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, an issue in the coming few weeks. Uh, so we'll see how the Ethiopian Defense Forces. I'm going to be honest, the Ethiopian Defense Forces. It's not to disrespect them or anything. They're not in a position. They're not really strong. The Amharic region. They're, they don't have experience of uh, fighting off, uh, you know, different militias. Uh, the Ethiopian Defense Forces are not well trained. They're not in a position to counter an, an entity that is backed with stolen weapons and inventory from, uh, you know, your arsenal. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long fight. Uh, Jay said this is game over. It's not game over. It's long from over. Washington is interested in a continuous of, of a crisis in Tigray. They need this crisis to enter Ethiopia, to manage Ethiopia, to push and pressure Abby. So this is their gift. And obviously it's going to be sad for the Horn of Africa because, uh, more is come, more, uh, destabilization is going to come. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Be, uh, before we go, anything you want to comment on on the statement or anything we should watch out for in the coming weeks uh, with regards to Ethiopia and the Horn? Um, I, I would just say um, tread carefully as far as um, you know uh, what I guess what you're hearing or seeing is is being done or said. Um, of course, and at the same time, not dismissing people's um, emotional uh, reactions to it or anything like that, especially if you know they're being directly affected as far as you know whether it be their families or friends that they have that are that are being affected um you know don't be insensitive to those people either um i think if you just if if you operate with empathy and um within a, in a principled position like it'll 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 be it's it's better <laughs> it's better for everyone nice yeah. uh thanks as usual this is a great conversation and yes. looking forward to more sebs uh certainly yeah thank you for having again. me again all right. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>